Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Joy podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Curry, and today we're going to discuss therapy. That big T word. A lot of people out there are really in need of some therapy, but they are reluctant to pursue that because it just sounds scary and overwhelming. It sounds expensive and painful and oh, very time consuming. Let's dispel some of those myths. I have a very special guest for you today, so pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started. I am so excited today to have one of my sisters on the podcast. Her name is Jennifer Cates, and she is a licensed clinical social worker. She was so instrumental in my journey, and she helped me not only as my sister, but Both she and her husband were the ones that so graciously invited my kids and myself to live with them when we had found ourselves homeless as I was going through my divorce. She is an amazing parent. She is an amazing professional, and I am so excited for you to get to meet her. I thought, who better to talk about therapy with than a therapist? So without delay... I just want to welcome my sister, Jennifer Cates, to the Unstoppable Joy podcast. Jenny, thank you for being here and taking the time to discuss these important things about therapy with us today. And so I'm going to have you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are and how you got to be seated in the chair that you are at this point. I I went back to school late in life, started at age 45, I believe, studying for my master's in social work degree. And then out of school, my first job as a hospice social worker, and then moved to being a therapist at Pine Rest. I did a couple of stints, longer stints in two different community mental health agencies, and then a couple of years ago, went out on my own, having a private practice. What, I guess, for people that are looking for a therapist, what should they, what, they sh- what should they look for? What should they try to avoid? I know that when the couple of times I have been engaged in therapy myself, I looked for someone who was a little bit older than me because I wanted someone who had enough experience beyond what I've experienced as as far as stages of life that I wanted someone with that kind of wisdom. I do have my caseload is a lot of younger women who don't have mothers. And so I think they chose me because I'm probably the age of older enough to be many of my clients' mothers. But I think, so you want someone who probably has been out there for a while, not to say that younger therapists can't be exceptional and competent, but I do think there that experience is of working in your field for a while is pretty important. What about licensure? Is it all right to just go to somebody who's just a counselor as opposed to a therapist? Can you describe the differences there? There are psychologists, master's level psychologists, PhD psychologists, and there are professional counselors. There's marriage and family counselors. There's master's level social workers. And we all do have differences in training. I do know that insurance companies like to credential MSWs and MSW is king as far as what you can billing insurance without having to bill under another license. Again, a degree program is one thing, but what you bring to your job as a therapist is based on your personal ethics and your personality. And so 
I think that another good way beyond looking at someone's experience and age would be to look at just really word of mouth is really the best way to find someone who is good. Okay. Is there, are there any resources out there for people that are looking for a therapist as far as like websites or anything that you would recommend? The best website that I know of, and that's where I do solely do my advertising is on psychology today. If you Google psychology today and then click on looking for a therapist, you can type in your zip code and find therapists in your area. You can read what kind of training they have, what they specialize in, and you can get a, they see a picture of them. So you can kind of gauge how old they are and what they're, they'll have a bio on there for their experience level. On my site, I allow for a free 15 minute consultation. So people will, will email me and then I'll call them back and talk to them, just hear what they're looking for and determine if we are a good fit. So that's probably the best way to, to find someone other than word of mouth. Yeah. Just want to touch on one more thing here before we go on. So let me see if I've got this right. So there's all kinds of different degree credentialing things out there for therapists, but then each therapist can like specialize in different areas, have training beyond their regular generalized training. Like for nurse practitioners, we can get a general family nurse practitioner, which is what I am. But then if I want to specialize, then I can go get more training and then become a dermatology nurse practitioner. So is that kind of correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And then, so we talked a little bit about insurance. What if you don't have insurance? Are there resources for people that have, don't have insurance or have limited funds to be able to get counseling or therapy? Absolutely. And I do a sliding fee scale for folks. And I, if I have someone who I think I can help and I think we're a good fit, I do a sliding fee scale and I have some folks that are paying, let's say $20 a session. And so, yeah, so I think many therapists do that kind of sliding fee scale or pro bono work. But yeah, in West Michigan, where I am, there are several agencies that provide free or low cost therapy services. And if you qualify, if you are in need of services and you have, if you're high enough acuity, your area community mental health is an excellent place to go to have an assessment to see if you are eligible for services. And again, it's typically higher acuity, some significant depression, maybe some trauma, domestic violence history, perhaps also then with low income. So it's, so that is a good place to check if you don't think, if you don't have insurance and your income is just low enough to check in with your area community mental health. My next question is, how do you know if you need therapy? And at what point do you feel like, should you go to your doctor first? Should you just reach out to a therapist? What do you recommend? I think a lot of people do go to their doctors first. If you're not feeling well, if you have anxiety, depression, your primary care doctor is an excellent place to start. And that that being said, when I have people that come to me first without seeing a doctor, I often refer them to their primary care doctor when I begin seeing them, because there's a lot of medical issues that can impact depression and anxiety. For example, people who have their certain heart conditions that can 
cause anxiety. There are hormone imbalances that can impact anxiety, depression. I try to practice from a holistic perspective, and I often refer my people back to their primary care doctor if I think that there's a medical issue that's impacting their mental health, and which is often the case. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I see a lot in the office too, is they go hand in hand. When a lot of people come in for stomach ache, headache, just feeling fatigued, and a lot of times those are just symptoms of anxiety, depression, PTSD, that sort of thing. My next question is when anybody starts like an exercise program or learning something new, there's always this time of just feeling like it's just really difficult. It's not comfortable because you're stepping out of your comfort zone is the same thing true with therapy is there like a learning curve sort of per se but that's really not the right term but is it hard at first and then get easier or are there is it an ebb and flow or what would you say yeah that's a good question and i do think that you're right like any new thing anything new i think we experience as stress thing even positive things getting married having a baby a graduation, a promotion at work, anything that we have to adjust to emotionally, physically, our bodies register as stress. And so seeing a therapist for the first time, often people have this mindset that I'm going to see a therapist and they're going to make me feel better. Right. And what in actuality happens is oftentimes it's just human nature to avoid things that cause us distress. And so we go throughout our life We've had setbacks, we've had some maybe minor traumas, losses, and it's human nature to want to avoid those, to stuff the emotions, to distract ourselves, to work more, to drink a little bit more, right? Yeah. To shop a little bit more. And it is actually counterintuitive that coming to therapy or in any instance where we begin to externalize difficult emotions, so we're talking about them, we're journaling about them. It, initially, there might be an increase in the unpleasant emotions, but we pretty quickly see that dissipate. And so the counterintuitive part is that by doing the very thing that we want to avoid it decreases the intensity of those emotions. So yes, coming to therapy for the first time, and I try to tell clients this because oftentimes they'll say, yeah, I saw a therapist 10 years ago for three sessions and it didn't help, I felt worse. And so I try to give them the expectation that, yeah, you might feel worse for one or two sessions, but pretty quickly we should see the intensity of that emotion decrease so that they have that expectation. It's like going to the doctor. There's things that you go to the doctor and it's unpleasant. It might be a little bit painful or, but that doesn't, that's not a reason to avoid seeing our provider. Definitely for your good. It's not for your ultimate harm. Like if someone's got a bad tooth or a broken bone, it has to be set before it can heal correctly. I, as part of my courses, I have come up with a journal that talks about a lot of the things like how to find a therapist. Is there anything such thing as a perfect therapist? That's a good question. I think that at the end of the day, a therapist is a person and they actually struggle with a lot of things that you probably are bringing to therapy to help you resolve, right? And no, there is no perfect therapist because your therapist is a human being with challenges and flaws just like you. And so I think it's worth being a little patient with the process and knowing that it takes a while 
for that therapist to get to know you, to really understand who you are, what you're dealing with. And so the first, really, the first meeting I have is an assessment, a biopsychosocial assessment. So I assess every possible aspect of their life. And, and then the next session is a treatment planning session. I try to give, if people are really distressed, I try to give them some good tools to use immediately. But then my assessment process continues. Do I have the right diagnosis? Are we on the right track? And sometimes that just takes a while because people come in with layers and the presenting issue that you think you need to have addressed coming to me might just be a symptom of a larger problem. We could put a Band-Aid on that one symptom, but to have true healing, we may have to dig down layers down to that core issue that really needs to be addressed. And so you need a little bit of trust and understanding of that process. I've had people come to me and say, after that, that first assessment, I've had people say, doctor, are you going to, what are you going to prescribe me? <laughs> and I say, wait a minute, I am not a medical doctor and I don't prescribe anything. This is just our initial intake and this will take time. And this is what I, this is what I can offer you. And I had another woman say after that initial assessment, you didn't help me at all. That's like going, that's like going to the doctor for the first time and meeting with them and saying, wait a minute, you didn't fix my gallbladder. Yeah. And so there needs to be an expectation that this is not instantaneous. And there, and there's, they're not going to prescribe a pill for you to pop, to feel better immediately, but they're going to help you give you some tools to help you maybe tolerate your emotions initially. Because ultimately we have to have coping skills to tolerate the difficult emotions so that we can do something about them. I just love hearing from you. I just I have such a respect of what you do because man, they, people have layers of stuff that has to be dealt with. And to be able to draw that out and walk with them through that, that gosh, that takes a really strong person in order to do that. I know that you have helped me over the years. Obviously, you haven't been my therapist, but because we don't recommend, right? We don't recommend that you have a therapist who's a family member. It's best if you don't have your therapist be a family member. But I've just consulted you with you on things over the years. been so helpful. And it is. It's a process. It's not a quick fix. It takes time. But it's like anything that's worth it. It's going to take putting your energy into it. That's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from a therapist about therapy. And I hope we dispelled some of the myths that you may have had about therapy. Some of the things that we learned today were that therapy is a process and that it's not just a quick fix. And like anytime you start something new, whether that's a new exercise program or just learning a new hobby or skill, it takes time. It takes time. And at first it feels uncomfortable. It may have some negative stress <laughs> feelings associated with that. But as you keep at it, it does get easier, it gets better, and ultimately you get better. The other things that I think is a barrier to therapy that we touched on today is the financial aspect of it. If you find a therapist that is actually licensed correctly, you can your insurance will cover it in certain cases. And if you don't, a lot of therapists offer sliding scale. And so you may be paying, I think when I went through therapy, I was paying maybe $10 a session for good therapy. It's not like a cheaper rate, you get a less qualified person, but 
Just know that there are resources out there for you if you cannot afford therapy or finances are tight. So just be aware of that. And then the last thing we touched on was that there is no such thing as a perfect therapist. Therapists are humans and it takes some time for them to get to know you. So you have to trust the process and finding a good therapist may be done through a Psychology Today website or word of mouth. If you find that some of your friends have gone to therapy, ask them who they would recommend. Next time, we will discuss therapy with kids, how you get your kids into therapy, what are the right ways to approach that, and we'll ask Jennifer Cates, the therapist, about those topics and get some answers. So I hope you have a great rest of your week and that you can join us again next time when we talk about therapy. Be blessed. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The more that we get the word out, the more we can spread that joy and make a difference in our world. Thanks for joining in. Today's episode was sponsored by Solar Grids Grand Rapids. If you are looking for solar grids to be placed on your home or business to save yourself some money, you can find information about that at solargridsgrandrapids.com. They service the greater Grand Rapids area and the entire U.S. So go ahead, reach out to them today.